1: This is Thomas Smith from Serious Inquiries Only, and I never listen to I Doubt
2: It with Dalimore.
0: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalimore all right one and all thank you for joining us and welcome to episode 330 of your listener supported listener produced I doubt it with Dolamore I am your host as always Jesse Domore and sitting across from me that lady Brittany Page
3: so I I need some healing
0: <laughs> healing yeah
3: it's been a rough couple of days on the internet. Yeah, and especially for
0: for Britney Page.
3: I also want to say for anyone, you just cannot
0: help yourself.
3: Yeah, I can't. And I also want to say I'm getting, I'm getting angry. And <laughs> so w- what's happening? What a,
0: what a metered way to <laughs> to describe how emotionally. Yeah. Entangled, you are
3: right. Well, you always say, "Oh, she's so reasonable, and she's oh, the arguments she makes—they're just so great." Well, this has not been the case. That used
0: to be the way. Yeah, it it used to be
3: the case. It's not the case anymore. I'm full on being a dick. Sometimes I'm being a dick, and I'm—I don't know if I regret it. I don't know. So you might
0: not even regret it.
3: Well, we'll see. I need some time. I need some time. (laughs) To reflect on my behavior and what's happening. But I did find something that, for the first time in a while, lightened my mood. Okay?
0: I... I'm uh, all ears.
3: So Martin Shkreli. Oh, we've talked about Martin
0: him. Shkreli yeah, w- lightened your mood.
3: No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> was it the smug smile and the?
3: No, no, it wasn't him. It was they released the transcripts.
0: You getting you getting turned on by the Screeley?
3: It's absolutely not. Um, <laughs> the the transcripts from his fraud trial during the juror selection were released. Oh, and they had a, a very difficult time finding jurors for this fraud trial
0: finding jurors jurors that would be impartial to be able to judge him the case on its merits and not yeah based on you know the reputation that preceded him
3: right because you you get interviewed and the judge is trying to determine whether or not you are too biased to be on the jury yeah and they dismissed more than 200 people because wow Martin Shkreli, you know he has the reputation of being the most hated man in America, right? The
0: pharma bro. Yeah,
3: well, people don't don't like him.
0: Do we need to explain who Martin Shkreli is?
3: Oh, let's quickly do that. M-
0: Martin Shkreli is a pharmaceutical executive, young, young pharmaceutical executive. He he bought a pharmaceutical company. He was in he was a uh, a stock market guy, a Wall Street guy prior to that, and he's the one who jacked up the price of uh, an AIDS. An antibiotic typically used by AIDS patients.
3: And cancer patients. And
0: cancer patients.
3: To fight life-threatening parasitic infections. Right.
0: The drug was like $13 a pill, and he marked it up to like $700 a pill. $750. 750 Do I have my numbers right?
3: Yeah, thirteen fifty
0: dollars to $750. dollars 13 dollars to $750. Um, he's a fucking bad guy. And then when asked about it, he was unapologetic and smug and smarmy. He has... Listen. Of all the faces, the many faces that you've seen in your life, Martin Screllis is top 10 punchable. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a face that I don't know that I'd punch it cuz I might cave it in. Mm-hmm. But he for sure deserves a good slap in the mug.
3: So, these jurors agree with you and <laughs> I'm going to read a couple of the quotes from some of the jurors. Okay quote the only thing i'd be impartial about is what prison this guy goes to i don't like this person at all i just can't understand why he would be so stupid as to take an antibiotic which hiv people need and jack it up five thousand percent i would honestly like seriously like to go over there sir thank you (laughs) the judge interrupted (laughs) that was in court yeah, so what was that guy going to say? What he is was he... interrupted by the judge? Yeah, probably because he was about to <laughs> say something he shouldn't be saying. Say
0: something that's borderline criminal yeah, in front of a judge.
3: shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes. Let me help you out.
0: <laughs> Save. Yeah,
3: relax. Um, another quote. I have total disdain for this man. Okay. Another one. I'm aware of the defendant and I hate him. Wow.
0: So, not impartial.
3: Yeah. Another one, he's a greedy little man.
0: All right. Well, fact.
3: Another, he's the most hated man in America. Okay, so these are people that that know of him. Yeah. Okay, this one. I was looking yesterday in the newspaper, and I saw the defendant. There was something about him. I can't be fair. There was something that didn't look right. (laughs) Okay. I saw him in the paper. We're, we're slowly moving toward the best one. Okay, here's, oh, here's another one. The first one wasn't the best one? No, 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 no. They get so good. Okay. <laughs> when I walked in here today, I looked at him, and in my head, that's a snake. <laughs> Not knowing who he was, I just walked in here and looked right at him, and that's a snake. Wow. Yeah. Okay, this is my favorite one. <laughs> the judge says... The question is, have you heard anything that would affect your ability to decide this case with an open mind? Can you do that? The juror replied, I don't think I can because he looks like a dick. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> wait, wait, because he kind of looks like a dick. He
0: kind of looks like a dick. Yes. Yes. Well, look, That's I think um, that is probably covered in U.S. Code, the dick clause. Mm. The looking like a dick clause. If a juror cannot confidently say that the, the defendant looks does, does or doesn't look like a dick, eh, let off the hook from jury duty. That's all you got to do, folks. For those of you who are looking for strategic reasons <laughs> of how to not serve on a jury, you just say the guy or gal who's being who's the defendant, looks like a dick.
3: I, I'd like someone to interview Martin Shkreli, because he, he was there, right? The guy's calling him a snake. I walked in here, and that guy's a snake. Apparently, he was there. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder what it's like for him to see the reaction from the majority of people and that they they hate him. I
0: don't know. I think he's used to it so much by now that he enjoys it. It's like... It's like having a fucking toddler or like a six-year-old kid who, as long as they're getting attention, they don't give a fuck if it's because they burned down their bedroom or because they got straight A's on the report card. Mm-hmm. It's attention. Yeah. Because this is a kid who didn't get hugged enough or something. Goddamn.
3: Well, it seems like he should come out and say, listen... I was doing a lot of coke, and I was just off the rails, and now I'm better. I mean, usually these people have some- I was
0: exhausted.
3: Have some- (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that would work, but- Well, exhaustion,
0: that's the typical excuse.
3: Yeah, that they have some sort of excuse that they then go get treatment, and then they come out and ask for the public's forgiveness, right? People in the government do that a lot. So it seems like if he wanted to remedy this, not completely, but in some way- he would maybe do something like that to, to explain a, his behavior. He's a
0: guy who's derailed himself many times, even in the scope of like dating. He goes on Tinder and messages with women and is knowing the shit's going to go public. And he's just a, he's a fucking terrible person. He is a little, he's a dick. What can you say? Good times. So that's, that's brought you a little joy. Yes, over the course of the last couple of angsty Facebook argument days,
3: yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey, right the the Charlottesville thing happened and it's just been a disaster online, I would say.
0: yeah, I, I don't uh, I do try to stay out of the fray because I'm not as good about as you usually are. I'm not as good. I you know, I get pissed off. Mm-hmm. I'm not patient.
3: Yeah, well, I've had... I mean, I'm saying these people that are spending hours of their day defending the rights of Nazis. And that's confusing to me. And these are the same people who were outraged about the Beyoncé Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outraged when football players don't stand for the national anthem. And I just don't understand how to reconcile these two things without an unfavorable description of the individual. So I've been trying to have discussions, but something that's been happening is um, I'm getting tagged in arguments where people are kind of calling me in to help
0: them. You're like the reinforcements.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And this happened with uh, someone I went to high school with, and she tagged me. In a post to help her. It literally said Britney Page help. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in this Seattle Women's March Facebook group.
0: That that's a liberal thing.
3: Yeah. And what had happened was she posted in this group and said, Can we somehow organize a rally to counter the craziness of the Nazis in Charlottesville and show them the power of a thousand lit candles? Versus a hundred tiki torches, or whatever she That's said. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> she started being ripped to shreds for this post. It was. Were
0: there Nazis in the group? I no. mean, like uh, Nazi sympathizer, racist sympathizer, no. right wing, alt right people?
3: No, it was because she used the word craziness.
0: Br- what? Yes. Really?
3: Yes. So, wow. So these people were saying you just used an ableist slur. You have created a very unsafe environment for everybody here. You are disgusting. You're just as bad as the Nazis. I mean, these comments Where, were...
0: Was that... That was literal. They really, they literally said, you're just as bad as the Nazis?
3: They were comparing that pain that they were experiencing, saying that the pain she inflicted on them was equal to the pain being inflicted on people because of the Nazis.
0: Tell Heather Hire that, you fucking assholes. So
3: that's... Don't steal my points here. Oh. <laughs> so I wasn't going to comment because I had to, like, join the group. I don't want to join this group. I You know, whatever. But then people started saying, Brittany Page better not come in here <laughs> and defend you. She better watch out. Like... And I was like, you know what? <sighs> Fuck, I have to comment. So... <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I joined the group Wow! just to comment. And I, I, that's what I said. I said, you know, the I understand correcting someone's language and saying, you know, maybe you could have used a better word or whatever. But the pile on here is counterproductive. And I said, someone died. Yeah. Someone died. Her name is Heather Heyer. Honor her. That's all I said. And then I didn't reply to any of the comments that came because these people, (laughs) Heather Heyer would probably give anything to be alive right now and on a Facebook group complaining about an unsafe environment on a Facebook group, but she had a car rammed into her body that killed her. She was physically on a street standing side by side with people against Nazis and these people are spending hours attacking a fellow liberal who is an ally in every sense of the word because she used the word craziness and saying she created an unsafe environment. This is not useful. It is not productive. It is not okay. And truly, it makes me a little embarrassed because for
0: sure, this
3: is what people... Not accurately, but this is oftentimes what people who oppose liberals believe liberals are like, and they're proving that stereotype. And again, someone died. I I don't know how to be any more clear about that.
0: It's sickening. It is making this about you and your your pet thing. Using the word colloquially about Nazi crazies or craziness isn't creating an unsafe environment. Now I'm fired up.
3: Yeah, see, see, I got a little fired up. That's shitty. That's shitty. Well, it upsets me. And um, I I just, I don't think it's useful. When there are people that are supporting Nazis, making racist arguments, Nazis are in the streets. Uh, I don't think that what we need to be piling on yeah, about is an ableist slur. Also, I, I, don't, I don't know. L-
0: let me say this on my side of the street: in the Facebook shit, mm-hmm. is quit trying to say these fucking assholes weren't Nazis. If you're carrying the Nazi flag and you subscribe to Nazi ideologies, you are a Nazi. It doesn't mean you're a member of the the, the actual former Nazi party, Nazism. ...is an ideology. If you subscribe to the ideology, you're a fucking Nazi.
3: Well, there's also... There's dictionary definitions. Yeah. So, and some of those are... A person with extreme racist or authoritarian views... A person who seeks to impose their views on others... ...in a very autocratic or inflexible way.
0: Well, even if you're not into denotative definitions... ...saying these people who are carrying the Nazi flag... ...aren't Nazis is like saying all these people out here who follow Christ are not Christians because they weren't there with Jesus and part of the, the the disciples. These are Nazis. Call them neo-Nazis if that makes it feel better for you. They are fucking Nazis.
3: So, good luck out there. Let us all try to recalibrate and be a little more reasonable yes in our discussions and treatment of people
0: all right well let's let's move on with the program we got a lot of voicemails a lot of emails that's primarily what this show is going to be about um it's kind of going to be charlottesville it's going to be like 229 part two although it's 330 um There was resounding feedback from the last episode, and we're going to do this episode differently. If you are new to the podcast, if you are just tuning in, you've never listened before, this is not like a normal episode. I said that last time, and I'm saying it again. It's not going to go in the normal cycle of things. We're going to start with the presser, short clips from the presser of Donald Trump. Who well, maybe we should do this. I'll give a timeline. Charlottesville happened. Donald Trump came out and made his both sides comment. Um, oh, on many sides, there's a problem. The the White House got together, they wrote a statement for him because he's a fucking child and he has to have the words written down in front of him to to grasp concepts like empathy and reason. So when he read his statement, he maligned, he denounced the KKK and white supremacy and Nazi groups, hate groups. He didn't say anything about many sides or the left. And then given a chance in New York, pressed by the media, started off okay. He had his prepared statement in his pocket. He broke it out, here it is, this is what I said the other day, he read from it briefly, he kept getting pressed by the media, and everything went off the fucking rails, and he went unscripted.
2: Benefit. Let me ask you, why, why did you wait well, so long why did I didn't wait long, I didn't wait long, I wanted to make sure, unlike most politicians, that what I said was correct not make a quick statement. The statement I made on Saturday, the first statement, was a fine statement. But you don't make statements that direct unless you know the fact. It takes a little while to get the facts. You still don't know the facts. And it's a very, very uh, important process to me. And it's a very important statement. So I don't want to go quickly and just make a statement for the sake of making a political statement. I want to know the facts.
0: So for the first five minutes of the press conference, roughly five minutes, this is how it went. Him talking about the facts. That was clearly the messaging that had been spoon-fed him, knowing they were going to get questions from the media. So they armed him with a piece of paper with a written statement and this, this talking point of, I needed the facts first because facts are important to Donald Trump. You know, Ted Cruz's father had something to do with JFK's assassination. Judge Curiel couldn't be impartial because he has Mexican heritage. And many other insane things that he said that didn't rely upon facts. Right now, as we're recording this, a truck or a van or a vehicle of some sort has mowed into pedestrians' In Barcelona killing I believe 13 people and Donald Trump on the heels of this happening just tweeted the United States condemns the terror attack in Barcelona Spain and will do whatever is necessary to help be tough and strong we love you now that is a reasonable statement coming from Donald Trump but it flies in the face of having all of the facts before making a fucking statement so, for five minutes, that's how the press conference went. Here is when it started to go off the rails.
3: So you have Senator McCain has called on you to defend your national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, against the attacks. I did it
2: the last time. And
3: he called on it again, linking the Senator team McCain to the alt right. And Senator saying McCain, you mean the one yes. who voted
2: against uh, Obamacare?
3: And he said, that Who is Senator?
2: You mean Senator McCain who voted against Senator- us getting good health care?
3: said that the alt-right is behind these attacks, and he linked that same group to those who perpetrated the attack in Charlottesville. Well, I I
2: don't know. I can't tell you. I'm sure Senator McCain must know what he's talking about. Uh, But when you say the alt-right, define alt-right to me. You define it. Go ahead. No, define it for me. Come on. Let's go. Senator McCain defined them
3: as the same group. Okay, what about the alt-left that came charging him?
2: Excuse me. What about the alt left that came charging at the, as you say, the alt right? Do they have any semblance of guilt? This is what not, you know, what, no, let me ask you this: What about the fact they came charging? That they came charging with clubs in their hands, swinging clubs? Do they have any problem? I think they do. Sorry, so you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was a horrible, horrible day. Wait a minute, I'm not finished. I'm not finished, fake news. That was a horrible day. I will tell you something. I watched those very closely, much more closely than you people watched it. And you have, uh, you, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. And nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it right now. You had a group, you had a group on the other side that came charging in without a permit, and they were very, very violent. Do you
3: think that what you call the alt-left is the same as neo-Nazis?
2: Those people, all of those people, excuse me, I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all of those people were neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists by
3: any stretch. So... This this has been talked about a lot, obviously, because it's horrifying that Donald Trump is saying that not everyone who was marching with the neo-Nazis is a neo-Nazi or white supremacist. Again, there's footage of these people chanting, Jews will not replace us. Yeah. If you continue to march with people who are chanting, Jews will not replace us. Uh
0: you're a fucking Nazi. Yeah. Listen, if you're sympathetic to racists, you're a racist. There's no way to be sympathetic to a racist ideology, a racist pattern of thought, without having it in your fucking head. That's not the way it works. If you're shoulder to shoulder with a guy, and you're just there to to, to march against the the removal of a Confederate statue, and the guy next to you has a Nazi flag... You're not going to, if you're not of that mind, you're going to fucking get the fuck out. You're going to beat feet. You're going to ditch the scene. You're not going to continue to march just because, well, I know that guy's got a Nazi flag, but it's very important that we keep that hateful reminder of the Civil War in the square there. (laughs) That's not the way. Come on. Let's be reasonable about this. Mm -hmm. The other thing is. How many Nazis died at the hands of this radical alt-left contingency that was there? Right. Uh, The answer is zero. Zero deaths. When there is horrific video footage of not even the actual crash, but the aftermath of the crash where multiple people are having CPR performed on them. And if you've ever... It's not like the fucking TV shows that you see. Hospital shows where the arms are bent and it's this weird compression on the chest. You're caving in the chest on each compression. It is a disturbing scene that played out at the hands of the fucking Nazis. It's not all this group and but this other group. They were really no, there is no moral equivalency between the two.
3: Drew, the lawyer that we had on the show a couple episodes back, on was he on a bonus episode or just a regular episode?
0: I think mean, he just sat in.
3: Okay. He posted on Facebook.
0: And by I think, I mean that's what happened.
3: He posted on Facebook. <laughs> He's another um, individual who likes to mix it up and, and has really great discussions over on his Facebook page. And he wrote, if... Number one, as the right claims, being on the left is all about enormous, comprehensive, intrusive government. And two, Antifa is filled with anarchists, which by definition call for the abolition of government. How is it that the anarchists in Antifa are characterized as the extreme left? Isn't anarchism just another type of extreme right ideology? This is an interesting point that I haven't heard. And when Donald Trump says the alt-left he is referring to Antifa, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is he
3: singularly referring to Antifa or are there other groups that he's putting under that umbrella of the alt-left?
0: I think he's trying to say anyone who was there counter-protesting is a member of Antifa, which just isn't the case. Look, I I have a lot of criticisms, a lot of criticisms for Antifa and their tactics. Yeah. I, I'm not, if someone was to say do you align yourself with them? Fuck no. I don't. I don't agree with what they do. Uh, I think it it stirs the pot. Um, I'm just not a fan.
3: You don't find it useful.
0: Not at all. But everyone who was counter protesting wasn't Antifa. Everyone who was protesting was a racist alt-right member. That is just the way it is. And I, I don't believe that many in our audience would say, well, you can't have one and, and and not have the other. Yes, you can. Because Antifa comes out, Antifa comes out, and they they stir the pot and they mix themselves in with the regular protesters. They're easy to spot. they
3: mm-hmm.
0: They've got the fucking bandanas across their face to cover their identities. But there are if you watch any of the video that's out there, there are hundreds of actual Counter protesters. And
3: they're just people dressed in normal clothes. Just people. They're not covering their faces. Lifting their voices. Right. They were there to offer support for one another to counter racism. Yes. In their streets. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And Donald Trump is trying to act like we have a severe problem on both sides. We don't. So racists came out into the streets and.
0: Let me say one more thing about Antifa. As bad as they are, and as much uh, not aligned with them as I am, what happens when Antifa shows up? Trash cans get lit on fire, maybe some windows get broken. No one dies when Antifa shows up. That's the difference here. As bad as they may be, no one dies. Someone fucking died. Was smashed by a speeding vehicle. That's the difference. And the fact that Donald Trump doesn't have the moral compass needed to understand that for me makes him unfit to lead this country, unfit to be commander in chief of our armed forces, unfit to sit inside the Oval Office and make decisions for this country and its citizenry. I would much rather have the fucking wingding Mike Pence, the bigot Mike Pence as president, than Donald Trump. At least that bigot can be reasoned with to a degree.
3: Well, I just want to say that the arguments I've been seeing in defense are... There's this video going around where the guy has a Nazi flag hanging outside his house. And I've seen people comment on the video saying, hey, why is that woman trespassing? Yeah, right. I just I don't understand the arguments that are popping up where white supremacists suddenly need protection or we need to focus on who is not supporting the white supremacists and what they're doing, protecting the white supremacists. I don't understand why that's priority. And listen, I I am a supporter of free speech. You can say whatever you want, as long as it's not inciting violence or a threat against someone, right? But you are not free from consequences for that speech. Yeah. So people are gonna show up and they're gonna they're gonna counter you. That's that's gonna happen. And yeah. we should support that and we should all be out there doing that as well.
0: All right, what do you say? Should we get to the voicemails 30 minutes in? Yes. Um, We're going to get to the very first voicemail. I'm going to get it out of the way early. Uh, This is not the, the measure of the rest of the calls, but it needs to be addressed. Ethan from Harlem called in after the officer who killed Philando Castile was let off. And he made um, a couple of salient points. He's an emotional guy. He called nine times. Left me nine three-minute voicemails. Eight of which I did not listen to. Because of his first. This is his first.
4: Hey, Jesse. Uh, yeah. And Brittany. Ethan from Harlem. Um... Uh, I don't even know where to start with this whole, with this rally thing. I'm just, I, okay. I know y'all ain't going to play this on y'all show because I'm about to get really, you're going to think it's being negative, but it's really not. But yeah, you, (laughs) I'm sitting here with, and it's a lot of my people that's doing the same thing. Sitting here with a huge fucking smile on my face. Not saying that, you know, that lady deserved to die. No. Being black, we don't like when any human being loses their life. But
3: seriously, tell me, how does it fucking feel? Okay, y'all are sitting here. So I don't know if you want to play it all the way through or if you want to stop and talk. But I have a comment right away. Yeah. He um first he starts by saying you think you might think this is going to be negative, but it isn't. And then he said he's sitting there with a smile on his face.
4: <laughs> I'm sitting here with a lot of my people are doing the same thing sitting here with a huge fucking smile on my face
3: not just a smile a huge fucking smile on his face yeah and then he goes on to say he's not saying that she deserved to die not saying that you
4: know that lady deserved to die no being black we don't like when any human being loses their life
3: so he doesn't but- like doesn't like when any human being dies but again, he's sitting there with a huge fucking smile on his face. Right. I'm already confused. I'm already confused. Uh, not, not,
4: not, not. I'm not attacking you two. But white America as a whole is sitting here expecting all this and seeing this outpouring of sympathy. Whenever a white person, especially a white woman, something happens to him, we've been saying this shit for, the, for 400 fucking years. All right? I'm seeing... Just like that white lady that got killed by the cops, I'm seeing these musical montages, these nice little pictures of her being married and all this other shit. These visuals, what the fuck is the visuals for us? Why is our visual visual? Why is our montages always sub pictures? Why is it always talking about our criminal records that we ain't did shit wrong? Why is it always attacking our fucking family? Why is it always doing this? All this other bullshit about us exposing everything about us, putting our babies' pictures on the fucking screen when they're underage and not supposed to be seen when they do something. But when it's a white person, you get this outpouring. They shut down every fucking news channel in the world to show this damn rally and what happened there. But when people, my people get killed, you know, when my people get attacked by racists and not just cops, any racist. when my people get attacked, you don't hear about this shit. And when you do hear about it, it's always, uh, oh yeah, by the way, you know, another black person got killed by such and such. And by the way, in sports today, what the fuck? Seriously, we get demonized for bringing up this shit. But fuck, but let it be a white person, let it be a white rally. All of a sudden it's nationwide news. They actually asked somebody on the news asking why doesn't a president call this woman's family? What the fuck? Have you ever heard somebody make that damn case when it comes to a black person getting killed? Why doesn't a president call that person's family? Seriously? Are you? Oh my goodness. Look, I know y'all ain't gonna play this on your show, but I respect your show and I'm not attacking you guys. I'm attacking the entire picture here. I don't give a fuck about what happened at this rally. As far as I'm concerned, the same way it's black on black crime, this is white right on.
0: And it was cut off. Well, you could not give a fuck what happened at this rally, Ethan. But someone died. An ally of black people died at the hands of a Nazi while protesting shoulder to shoulder with black folks. And to address the earlier statements that Brittany was making relative to your fucking wildly unempathetic bullshit that you have a huge fucking smile on your face in the wake of a death of an ally to your community
4: <laughs> i'm sitting here with and it's a lot of my people are doing the same thing sitting here with a huge fucking smile on my face
0: that is heartless a woman was crushed by a speeding vehicle in service to protesting against Nazis who would have you killed. And you've got a huge fucking smile on your face. And you're not saying she deserved to die, but... Not saying that, you know, that lady deserved to die, no. Being black,
4: we don't like when any human being loses their life, but...
0: And then you ask the question, How does it fucking feel?
4: Seriously, tell me, how does it fucking feel?
0: Let me answer that question for you. It feels terrible. And I bet you her friends and her family feel even worse than I do. And I'll tell you who's happy, maybe as happy as you with your huge fucking smile on your face is those Nazis. I bet you they're real happy that this ally of diversity, this ally of social justice, this ally of black folks is fucking dead. They share your smile on your face, Ethan. Your 15 minutes are up on this program you won't get another.
3: I wanna say that it, it's unfortunate because and I, I said this last time Ethan called in, which I believe was the Philano Castile episode, That's right. correct? And I I feel for Ethan because I can hear his pain. And it's unfortunate because blended in there with hateful comments are very valid and legitimate points that Ab- need to be addressed absolutely widely and by more people the fact that when black people die their criminal records are put up on the news and that doesn't happen with white people that is a valid legitimate fucked up thing it's unfortunate though because that point was made after saying something that would turn a lot of people off And not want to listen anymore. Listen,
0: if you can't stand with your allies, if you can't stand with your own goddamn team, then you're an island under yourself and you're a part of the problem. Ethan is a part of the problem. Smiling when someone who advocated for you, when they die, saying shit like, how does it feel? No. Not here.
3: Well, it's also, this is kind of what I was saying about the the liberal thread where people were freaking out on an, another ally because she used a word that they didn't like. Yeah, And it was just pile on after pile on after pile on. And when I said that I wasn't going to comment, it was because these people are not rational. And there was no way to, there was no way that I was going to say something that was going to cause them to be rational or
0: reflect on anything, or reflect. Said. Yeah. They yeah. were not
3: reflective. They just wanted to attack, attack, attack. And when someone is like that, I don't know what to do there. There's, there's not a lot to do in, yeah. in terms of getting someone to listen. So I feel like that's what's happening here. And I, again, I feel for Ethan. I do. It's very unfortunate. He's making valid points. But we can't have this negativity toward people who are are trying. They're trying. Yeah. They're trying to make it better. They're trying to make improvements. And I, I don't know why we would fight against people who are trying. Well, this
0: wasn't a white rally, first of all, is another thing he said. Just because white people are there doesn't mean it's a white rally. Watch a few videos and see the hundreds of people of color... Citizens of Charlottesville and probably people who, from, who traveled from afar to get there. It wasn't the resistance against this Nazi movement and these Nazi protesters wasn't a white one. It was multiracial. Anyway, we're going to move on. Last episode... We had someone from Colorado call in, Nathan, and he expressed some concerns about staying in the country after the Charlottesville incident, that he doesn't feel safe, he doesn't feel at home, he doesn't feel welcome in his own country, and we had several callers call in to specifically speak to Nathan and his fiance, Michelle.
5: Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Buddy from Philadelphia. I just got finished listening to episode 329 and I'm calling in regards to Nathan's uh, message for him. Nathan, don't give in. Don't even let them doubt what you're doing. It doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter what color, what, whatever. Uh Don't you thinking that way? um, They win. I've been, with my wife for fourteen years, and she's african American I'm an italian american and i over the last i'd say seven months, eight months since um the idiot has been put in the office um I've noticed looks from whites um they feel that they're entitled to to look now, and you know it, it's not going to change how who I am and who I love so don't let it change you um people like you are needed because he's not going to be here much longer hopefully it's uh as soon as what Jesse says but he's not going to be here much longer and the idiots that follow him will crawl back into their holes and go away so keep your head up keep loving who keep loving her the way you do and stay in this country. Uh, thanks Jess Rittney. Uh You guys both rock.
6: Hey guys, this is Henry over here in Round Rock. And I unfortunately am extremely depressed over Charlottesville and kind of sympathize with Nathan. I want to join him. Uh, I really don't know if it's healthy for me to cheat on listening to the president talk, you know, extemporaneously about a murder that just happened and then throw in some fiscal economic bullshit that he makes up in his own mind. Um, because I want to gouge my ears out with something hot and that'll make it permanent, but I won't be able to listen to y'all guys anymore. I need help. <laughs> Anyway, just needed to get out off my chest. Love you guys. Bye.
7: Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Walter from St. Louis again, also known as Steven by your boy, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> um, I am calling the cosign on something he said on episode 329. Um, I just want to shout out to Nathan and Michelle. Um, I just want to let you know that you do have uh, full support by many people in the U.S. Um, that do not share the same hatred and, uh, you know, just negative, bigoted, racist-type, you know, bias in their heart. Um, there's many people of color, even white people who fight the good fight, who have dealt with a lot of discrimination and hatred, up close and personal, I'm pretty sure Jesse and Brittany get threats on the daily because of their, not just their opinion, but the reality they live in. So I encourage you to do what Jesse said and write it out, man, because this is something that black people dealt with for hundreds of years most of my life I don't know how many times I've been called a nigger um, by white folks cuz I'm walking with a white girl you know and things like that I mean and I'm still here and even if I had the money I'll still be here you know we we gotta come together and fight together as a unit to defeat this um, on a, another subject of them blocking your video, Jesse, on the the situations happening, um, I think that was bogus, petty, um, and it shows us um, what YouTube really values, because they could have really reviewed that and been like, okay, well we're not going to block it because some hateful pricks. One and off, you know. (laughs) So much love. God bless y'all. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep supporting the show. I'm going to keep listening. And much love to you, Jesse, Brittany. I'm going to holler at you later. Your boy, Steven.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing.
0: Uh, Very funny. Well, thank you, Steven. (laughs) Walter.
3: Yes, Walter. That was a beautiful voicemail. Those were. Great voicemails. I loved that people came out in support of Nathan and really spoke directly to him. I I think that that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I want to touch on something that Walter mentioned, which is we do get threats, me and you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, More you, actually. A lot. Not really me. A lot. Yeah. And My
0: other... Facebook Messenger folder, the, you know the other, the one that's other, and yeah. they get filtered. I got a lot of. There's a lot of crazy shit in there.
3: It's not really an other folder. It's the death threat folder. Yeah, that's right. You <laughs> should just rename it. Yeah, <laughs> you should see if you could do that. Right. So I think that is kind of. It's just um, not a very good climate right now. It's the
0: new normal for for me. The first time it happened, it was a like, oh holy shit, um, but it's kind of. Eh. Only one I ever took seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Let me say this about the YouTube thing. I have appealed that decision. Apparently it takes a long time. Uh, We're going, you know, it'll be a week coming up here. And uh, I haven't heard anything. But this, I've appealed it. We'll see. It's a bummer, but it has to be. I have enough faith in the system that I think that it's going to be overturned and that it was a mistake because... I wasn't promoting hate speech. I mean that's there's just no way to look at it as as a hate speech video. So um, anyway, we will see. Thank you all for those voicemails related to Nathan and Michelle. I guess I'll I'll thank you on their behalf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they would thank you. We appreciate it very much. Let me drop the phone number. Uh 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone I doubt it at dollamore.com. Let's move on with the voicemails. Hi,
1: Brittany. Hi, Jesse. It's uh, Dave from Canada. And um, I was just listening to the latest episode and you guys are talking about the alt-right and, you know, general malaise around uh, white Uh, semi-well-to-do folks feeling hard done by it I think this all boils down to a a great lie that we've all been told in Western civilization is that if you work hard and uh, and really put your nose to the grindstone that anybody can be rich and if you're not then it's someone's fault so it's either the government's fault or it's this color of this person's skin's fault or it's that person's fault and this is what Donald Trump rode to power and it's what a lot of our politicians ride to power is that you deserve to be a millionaire you deserve to be a bazillionaire and if you're not then it must be those Mexicans or it must be those blacks or it must be those Indians or it must be those natives you know it's it's this crazy dichotomy of of stupidity and and willful ignorance that people can't just live a normal, happy life doing something that they love. They don't necessarily need to be making millions of dollars to have made it in Western civilization. Um, if you've got, uh, you know, a, a roof over your head and food on your table uh, and clothes on your back, as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty much fucking making it in this day and age. And uh, maybe uh, we all need to just take a deep breath once in a while and realize that things are not we're not that hard done by, um, in white society especially. And uh, maybe just take a fucking deep breath and pull our heads out of our asses collectively. I don't know. Oh, and uh, Jesse and Brittany are the best part.
0: How dare you include her. That is bullshit. <laughs> um, thank you, David. We appreciate it very much. Uh, I also
3: like that professional recording I, that you what's sent What's going on? Yeah. That was
0: great. It sounded like he was in a car, too.
3: Yeah, it, it was impressive. Whatever. Like a, his
0: studio, his car studio. Yeah,
3: whatever you have going on, it's working.
0: So uh, I'm not going to specifically respond to your your voicemail yet because we've got a, one more voicemail on the same topic and then an email. Apparently, we we really touched a nerve with that one. Um, here is John.
6: Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's the setter straighter of the record, uh, John from Columbus. Um. I just listened to your episodes exclusively on Charlottesville, and you know, as a white dude myself, um, I'm 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 baffled by this this desire to blame someone else for your failures. Um, You know what this is? Is I'm I just turned thirty this year, and you know, I'm in the trail end of the generation that got told you came in second that means you lost that means you failed get better you know these kids are in their 20s and whatnot they grew up with participation trophies and now they're not getting their trophies they're not getting what they feel they deserve so therefore they're bitching and they're complaining and it's pathetic life doesn't care what you do if if life is shit you have to turn it around if your life sucks do something about it. Stop scapegoating. And I know I'm preaching in the choir with you guys and with you know all these listeners. Um but as as a white male, I just would like to say that I am I'm I'm disgusted to be white. Um, but I know there's nothing I can do about it just as, you know, the black man, there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing we can do about our skin tone. If we change it we end up looking like, you know, an orange. Um. And if you don't know what that looks like, look no further than the president. But anyway, guys, uh, love listening to the show. Uh, thanks for all you do, and uh, checking
0: in with you guys later. Bye. So, kind of um, an alternate perspective on the same topic.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you and I also had disagreement on this issue, so I think the audience is kind of mirroring our disagreement. Yeah. yeah. On this issue, so Jill wrote in. Jill from Denmark. Hey, guys, just had a reaction to a statement you said, Jesse. You said something like, if you are a white man and you can't make it in this society, it's on you. I agree that it's not on other groups of people, black, Hispanic, etc. However, there are many other factors that can affect whether people can make it in society. Education, family, economics, job opportunities, college loans, etc. Unfortunately, it is a common political strategy across the world to turn ethnic groups against each other so that they don't join together and turn on the political and higher economic classes, demanding better opportunities and wages. Love the dynamics between you and Brittany.
0: Well, here's what I'm seeing here is maybe I'm getting sucked into. I haven't changed my mind on it. I'll soften my stance and say, as a white man, you're given far more advantage than any other group, whether it be f- women or whether it be uh, people of color. You just you're at an advantage. So if you can't turn that advantage into something, it is more on you than it is anyone else. It's not on anyone else. Mm-hmm. But what I'm noticing here is that the foreigners. Dave from Canada, Jill and Denmark, they're kind of speaking to. Maybe I'm getting sucked into this, the concept of the American dream. Maybe mm-hmm. John and I both are. Yeah. That if you work hard enough, you can achieve anything. And that is kind of a fairy tale. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of factors, including luck, that go into it. And I, I don't want to fall into a trap of of just re- reciting a, a an oft-repeated trope about the American dream. So, uh, let me think about it. Let me marinate on the concept, and maybe, maybe I'll change. I don't know, but I, I still largely believe what I said last time. But it, it it takes you know, it's I'm not gonna flip on a dime.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I think.
0: <laughs> Why the hesitation? Well,
3: because this is a nuanced argument, and it's yeah. I think it's being talked about very generally, but. I think the argument that if you're white and you haven't achieved, it's on you, is not fair. I guess I would say.
0: I, I would agree with that sentence. Yes,
3: and I wouldn't say again. I I love Jill's email <laughs> that it should be blamed on other people. Has Jill ever
0: agreed with me?
3: I don't know. <laughs> It should not be blamed on other people. And people who are against affirmative action would blame it on other people. Yeah,
0: I think that was the, my larger point. But I was being kind of a bull in a china shop about it. And it's get over your fucking self. It's not the black man's problem. If any, if it's anyone's problem, it's your own. And we were also talking about this after Dan's voicemail where he was talking about these being young white kids from middle income families. Mm-hmm. They're not coming out of poverty. They have every advantage.
3: I don't if know. They can't
0: make it. They can't make it.
3: Yeah, but again, I think that's a generalization. And unless you talk to all those people Well, I'm not I mean they could have been handing out khakis. I just said the rally. largely.
0: Okay, largely. That's
3: fine, but but you don't know that. So I don't know what the economic distribution is. I don't know what the SES is for the the people that attended that rally. Um there,
0: Socioeconomic status for those of you who don't speak Sorry. Clinical psychology. The
3: people that attended the rally, there were some people there who weren't dressed as nice, who didn't look as put together. I didn't say all. No, I know. But you said largely. And I'm just saying we don't know that. Okay. So there's many factors that go into whether someone can achieve. And Jill mentioned a lot of them. If You're born into a family where your parents didn't graduate high school. You have a lower chance of graduating high school. If your parents didn't go to college, you have a higher chance of not going to college. Yeah, all of these things. Uh, there's even something called the word gap. Okay, people that come from low-income families, children hear like by age three, thirty million fewer words than a child who comes from a higher economic status. Yeah, and this leads to achievement gaps in school. Okay, there's all kinds of different research where even. The amount of words that are heard in your household affect your achievement based on your family income.
0: No I get it. I get and it And
3: when people make these arguments, these pull yourself up by your bootstrap arguments, they're ignoring all of these things that contribute to this very complicated, very nuanced issue. And so I think that that's just a generalization to say they come from the participation trophy generation. I'm 28. So apparently I come from that generation too. But I was also someone who looked up statistics when I was a teenager and found out what was in the cards for me based on the family that I came from. And it wasn't good. And that informed a lot of my decision making. Okay. But a lot of people don't have the opportunity to even do that.
0: Yeah. No, I'm being convinced. (laughs) So anyway, you mean to me. Yeah,
3: I'm sorry. (laughs) I know I'm I'm verbally attacking you. I'm sorry. I'll stop.
0: You can't say inside statements like that and not explain them.
3: Well, I just I've been accused of verbally attacking people on the internet when I am doing nothing more than what I just did yeah, here yeah. and talk about being verbally attacked on the internet.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I won't go into some of the things I've been called. But they're good.
0: All right. Moving on.
4: Hello, Jesse and Britt Britt. This is Kelly calling from New England. I was the person who knew it was going to come down to the electoral college between Hillary and Trump, and I held my nose and voted for Hillary. Yay. Um, I'm calling because I, like Jesse, am a veteran, although I'm an Army veteran. What did you think of General John Kelly's body language during – uh trump's diatribe the other day did you i of read it as a lot of shame do you think he's going to resign and protest maybe by the time you guys hear this you already will have um but you know love the show and indeed
8: brit brit is the best part love the show britney's the best part
3: i love this Bye. nickname <laughs> love it
0: so um that's something we didn't mention was there, first of all there's a lot of shit that went on and we knew we wouldn't have time to get to it all uh, even Donald Trump de- t- retweeting and then deleting tweets and he, he he's kind of losing it however um John Kelly is a f- former four-star marine general and he's an interesting character he's the new he was the homeland security secretary and now he is the chief of staff of the white house and during this entire as kelly aptly described it diatribe john kelly had his head down and his arms folded and he looked um a kind of a combination between dejected and very frustrated and i i tweeted after all this went down that if he doesn't resign then we know where he stands and that might be harsh but I believe it's accurate. And I don't say that lightly, because I have a lot of respect for John Kelly. He was the highest-ranking individual in the military to have lost a son in combat in Afghanistan. And that's not necessarily a, a mark of, of the man. But it tells you a little bit about him. He's from South Boston. He is kind of a rough-and-tumble guy. Not your typical officer, especially of the flag rank. Um, I believe he is, he is more a follower than a leader, though. I believe he's following the president and taking orders and putting in action Donald Trump's agenda as, as a subordinate. And that's a problem because this president needs direction. This president needs guidance. And he's not getting it, even from... Former G- Marine General John Kelly.
3: Well, his his body language, I would agree, was not good.
0: <laughs> not positive. I
3: think that he seemed surprised. There were some eyebrow raising going on. He, There are reports coming out of the White House saying that he is unhappy or a little confused by... Donald Trump's statements on the Nazis and then also Steve Bannon giving this interview and kind of flying off the handle a little bit. Yeah. So he's not happy with things that are going on but this is what all of the people that are contributing to Donald Trump or have contributed to Donald Trump's rise say I'm concerned I'm not happy I don't agree but then when it comes to action there isn't a lot of action and I favorited a tweet yesterday it's one of my favorite tweets Dan Dresner on Twitter He said What did you do During the Trump Wars Daddy I served the president But I was constantly Troubled And repeatedly Expressed concern (laughs) And that's kind of The reality Of the situation Yeah Where these people Are concerned And troubled But what are you Doing about it Yeah
0: what the fuck Are you doing about it
3: Because you can be Troubled and concerned All day long But what are you Going to do With that concern
0: Yeah you're standing By the president still Yeah Unless you come out and oppose him and his racism and his white supremacy, then you're with him. You have an obligation to do the right thing, an obligation to do so. So, I guess to answer your question, um, Kelly, I, I don't know whether I, I would. If he doesn't, if he doesn't resign in a week, then really, there's nothing that's going to get him to resign. Because Donald Trump went off the fucking rails, and it was it was a sickening spectacles. What it was. All right. Thanks for the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. Moving on. Final voicemail. Robin from DC.
8: Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Robin. I'm calling from the Washington D.C. area, and I'm a proud supporter of podcasts. Um, I'm actually calling in with. Uh, Asking for some advice, a suggestion. Um, I, I am in an. I'm a black woman. I'm in an interracial marriage, and I am a Democrat. And my husband is not. He's not. I don't believe he's a Trump supporter, but he's definitely a Republican. And we honestly cannot discuss politics at all. I mean, literally, we have not even spoken a word on politics in the last few months. And when we do, it it doesn't end well. It it causes us a lot of stress that we just don't talk about it. And this last week with everything that's happened in Charlottesville, it's been very stressful for me. And you know, it's just the two of us at home and You know, I feel really lonely and like I can't discuss this with him because it, politics inevitably leads to an argument between the two of us. And I just, I don't, I, I feel like I need to say something to him to acknowledge, I feel like he should say something to acknowledge to me what's going on. Um, it's very distressful to see these images on television. Of white supremacists with all the hate and bigotry that, that they're preaching. I, I was just wondering if you or if maybe Brittany have any words of wisdom on how I can approach him just so that we can talk about this so I don't feel so alienated right now. Love the show and Brittany is totally the best part. Jesse, you're pretty awesome too. Thank you. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part.
0: Well, I I think I will bow out, um, because I think this would be more your skill set, Brittany, to give advice.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You also have the mind of a clinician mm-hmm. in this way. You have, you have, you know, a master's degree in clinical psychology, and I'm goddamn I don't have that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Not that you're going to be giving dispensing, you know. L- l- Do we need a legal disclaimer?
3: I think we should, yeah.
0: Any advice dispensed by Brittany Page in a clinical capacity is just advice. Well, this is not a clinical capacity, so you're already failing at the disclaimer. I'm a a failure. So
3: let's just say I'm acting as an advice columnist right now. uh, Friendly. Um, I have no... For
0: entertainment purposes only. For entertainment
3: purposes only (laughs) and friend purposes only. Yes. Okay, it's like a friend advice. Okay. So... For the record, I read a lot of advice columns. Um, she
0: says almost embarrassing. Yeah, it is
3: embarrassing. Well, I am very embarrassed. Let me, by me it. say this:
0: I, she, Robin's stronger than me. I don't know how this is done because you know politics is such a big part of my life. I don't. Uh, that'd be tough. It, she's in a tough spot.
3: Okay, I have a couple of things to say. All
0: right, I will shut up. I'm
3: going to start with the discussion that I was about to have about my... Let me also...
0: No, I'm just kidding. About my,
3: <laughs> my advice columns. I only read Dear Prudy and Slate. And it comes out twice a week. And I will tell you, every time I read these, I feel as though most of the problems are quickly remedied with honesty. And I think here, this problem that Robin is having could also be solved with honesty. And there's a lot of people that write in and say, listen my husband just has terrible breath and I don't know how to tell him. And my reaction is like, well, you just, you know, tell him that his breath is kind of bad and he should go like, take care of it. And maybe that sounds bad, but I think how else are you supposed to talk about things if you don't talk about it? You know? And so Robin, the way she articulated how she's feeling, I think anyone who loves her, like her husband does, does, is going to stop and say, wow, you're feeling lonely and you feel like you don't have someone to talk to and you're really upset by this and I wanna be here for you for yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that you got me emotional.
3: And so I I think that, and I don't know him, so that's what's kind of hard about this, is I wonder if she could do that. Just say, listen, I I know that when we talk about politics, it gets really contentious and normally we try to avoid it, but I'm really hurting in the aftermath of what happened in Charlottesville. And I feel like I want support from you on this issue. Yeah. And I wonder how that would go over. Also, I want to say, my best friend is a Mormon. And we used to have, we had two fights about it. (laughs) We've only fought twice in the over a decade we've been friends. And it was about Mormonism and it was caused by me both times. Because I was coming out of Christianity, and I was becoming an atheist, and I was angry with religion, and not being super rational about it, and was criticizing her faith, and it was upsetting her, and...
0: To be clear, there's a lot to criticize about Mormonism, so let's not be too hard on yourself.
3: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we we came to an agreement... Where we said, and I'm getting emotional, that our friendship was more important than our disagreement about religion.
0: Yeah. It wasn't worth a fight about the differences that you shared about her particular faith.
3: Because she's my family, and I love her, and if that makes her happy and fulfilled, that's all I want. Yeah. So it ended right there. And it isn't like we can't talk about religion anymore. We do. She knows my views. Sometimes I get pissed off about the Catholic Church and I I vent to her about it. Sometimes I get pissed off about other things. I can talk to her about it. But it isn't about criticizing her worldview anymore, which is what I was doing. So I think people say, wow, I don't know how you have a relationship with someone who has such different views. And I think it is possible But we just have to understand that people can be reasonable and hold different views. That's that's totally possible. Yeah, they can be reasonable and deserve our respect and still have different views. And with Robin's relationship with her husband, I don't know how long they've been together, but she knew he was a Republican. He knew she was a Democrat. They came together still. And so there's something there that's bigger than politics obviously absolutely and that is the relationship they have so i think coming together and just saying i need that relationship this isn't necessarily about politics right i need your support in this moment might speak to him anyway didn't know i was gonna cry so (laughs) that happens
0: (laughs) i have no jokes and on that note so
3: hopefully that helps we'll see
0: uh, let us know, Robin. Look, we we love you and appreciate you. Um, your support is valuable for the show. We we uh, we appreciate it very much. And the voicemail. If you too would like to sound off, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We didn't play the Dolomocracy bumper, we didn't play our mid-roll for Patreon. So we'll end with this. If you'd like to support the show, if you're on the fence, now is the time. We are getting closer and closer. Brittany's getting ready to read a list of names. Our new Patreon subscribers. But we would love to have you on board. Go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's a link that says support the show. There you will find the methods by which to do that. You can also go to dollamore.info and buy a mug or a t-shirt Get your classy laid shirt, get your You're the Puppet shirt, get a mug or a tote with just the the show's logo on it. That also helps produce the show. But without further ado, here is the list of new supporters. Holly. Holly.
3: Jexka. Jexka. Jeff. Jeff. Fook. Fook. Melissa. Melissa. Griselda,
0: Griselda,
3: Matt and Kathleen,
0: Matt and Kathleen. We love you
3: and Daniela
0: and Daniela. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. You're keeping the lights on and it means the world to us until next time. We will see you then for Brittany page. I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been, I doubt it.
3: She better watch out. Like, (laughs) and I was like, you know What? fuck, I have to comment. So, (laughs) I... (laughs)